Hi, you guys. I, <laughs> I'm in a funny mood. Um, Andrew took the boys out and I poured like a, like a diet, not diet Coke, Coke Zero and vodka drink with like lemon in it. And it was very strong. <laughs> and I was like, I really wanted to record a podcast tonight. And I was like, well, can I feel like it was a bit too strong of a drink to record a podcast? <laughs> It was like, you know what? The last one that I recorded, I started off like, okay, all of my friends and family would tell me not to do this, but I'm doing it anyway. And the amount of people that listen to it, it's like gazillions of more than anyone had ever listened to any of my podcast episodes, <laughs> which is not a good sign kind of, because I'm like, okay, well, how many people are actually just listening to make fun of me? you know what, if you're listening to make fun of me, then you suck. (laughs) And I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. I remember in high school, I'd be sitting in class and my, I was one of those people that my face always went like super bright red. I get this like hot surge of anxiety. I really wanted to participate in the class because I loved engaging and knowledge like I love learning I could be like I could be a student forever like I love school I love learning I like engaging and just like talking things out and processing all that stuff and just like learning I don't know and so the the teacher would ask a question and I'd have that like internal battle okay I really want to answer this question but then if I put my hand up and everyone's gonna stare at me and I don't want to have anyone stare at me because then they're all gonna it's like Everyone says, oh, I'm either an introvert or an extrovert, and I don't think that I'm either because I'm an extrovert because I want to talk to everybody and I want to, like, just talk to everybody, but then I don't want to talk to anybody (laughs) all at the same time. It's such an internal battle. It's so difficult. Anyway, I don't know. It's just, it's just, it's really hard being Susie sometimes. But anyway, so, um, yeah, so, yeah, I just... My purpose, like, I just have to keep, I get nervous about this stuff. I'm like, okay, well, the reason why I'm doing this, what's my purpose? I want to help people. I want to help me. I want to, like, bring people together. That's my purpose, to give hope. Yes. So let's do this. So um, I'm sitting on my bed, or our bed, the bed I share with Callum, Jesse, and Chris, the cat. Um, we all squish in here and it's an incredible feat because Jesse has apnea. Like, I don't want to start whining the violins here, but he doesn't sleep very well because he doesn't breathe at night when he's sleeping. So we're getting that fixed hopefully soon once the, um, the surgeries start opening up. What is it? Like the, like the non-emergency surgeries? Elective. Yeah. So I'm waiting for a phone call about that, but, um, so I'm sitting on our bed and our window's open and I just love like our backyard. We had the gardeners come cause I don't know, like, I think most of you guys have seen our backyard. It's great. Like it's big, but this is like this huge section of fence that's been torn down by a family of deer <laughs> and then our neighbors beside us to the right. I don't want to talk too loud because I don't want them to hear me, but they put their garbage and recycling out on their 
back porch and I guess like maybe raccoons or crows get at it and they like like rip it apart and like their garbage is all over their backyard pretty much (laughs) and little bits of it is on our yard which is really fun but then the family to our left they spent like fifty thousand dollars landscaping their their yard and it's like the nicest yard you've ever seen and i swear they take out like a ruler to space their plants and that's okay like i'm not judging i'm just saying like the, the contrast of yards between the people on our right and the people on our left is incredible and then our yard is funny because um it's not like we don't have garbage obviously like I keep it clean and everything it's like tidy but the vegetation is that what it's called the like the greenery is like really gross and then that fence that's torn down anyway we finally had some guys come and um more lawn today and that was awesome so it's nice but I was looking out the window just now and it's just so funny just the contrast of the people next to us like they have this concrete patio and they're they have like these two chairs set out it's like really nice fancy chairs that are spaced evenly and we have like lawn chairs what <laughs> I know it's just really funny but anyway okay this is boring um so yes Andrew has the boys and I just wrote something and it was awesome and I was like taking sips of my drink and then all of a sudden I was done and I was like I'm gonna go record a podcast and then all of a sudden I felt like woo in my head like maybe this would be a good idea to do at this moment but you know what I'm gonna go for it okay so I wrote this on May 1st and it's May 9th right now so it was about eight days ago there's this patch of rhubarb growing in the most random spot in our backyard Like, it's so random that it may have well sprouted out the mole on my cheek and I'd be no less amazed. My grandpa and grandma Douglas grew rhubarb, among a million other things, and I'm choosing to let them comfort me through those little red stalks. My grandpa, Fred, used to prop me up on his lap on his wooden rocking chair and read the Bible aloud. His voice labored by the breathlessness of having only one lung after being deathly ill with tuberculosis in India where he grew up. My grandma, Kathleen, would mix me up some porridge in my favorite bowl, the one with Peter Rabbit etched into the bottom, the sweet reward of finishing my breakfast while my bare legs stuck to the vinyl kitchen chairs. People call me strong. I don't know if they're right, and honestly, it doesn't really matter because I have to get through this either way. Maybe it will make me stronger. Maybe it will kill my spirit. But if I'm anything like that badass little rhubarb back there, I have a hunch that it's going to take a hell of a lot to bring me down. So I wrote that on May 1st. And then on May 2nd, I went for a run. And I'm not exaggerating. Like, I'm not stretching the dates or anything. It was literally like less than 24 hours after I wrote that. I went for this run and I, I do the like the same route that I always do. I run from my house and I go down Old Yale Road. It's like this main drag. It's super boring. It's just boring. And it's boring and I like boring because I can tune out and I don't have to think about anything. Like I don't 
I'm not a trail runner for that reason. So I have to look at the rocks or the roots. Or the, like I'm just totally tuned out. Just go down this main road out to this stretch beside the freeway. And then I get to this spot and then I turn around and then I come home. So I'm going down the same route that I've done, I don't know, for the last like 10 years. And it's not farmland. I haven't hit farmland yet. Um, it's just like a rural area. That's really hard to say after you've had <laughs> vodka and coke. Rural. So I'm, I went just like down the main, down the main drag and I'm on the sidewalk going down a steep part. And on the left-hand side, on this like this cement barrier at the edge of their property, just like a regular suburban 8,000 square foot lot, there's this clump of rhubarb out of nowhere. And like, I know that you're like listening to this and you're like, oh yeah, yeah, rhubarb. Like everyone goes, it's rhubarb season, like no big deal. And I'm sure there's reasons, like I know that it's, I know that it's rhubarb season. Like, I know that you can grow rhubarb, and I know rhubarb is hardy. Like, I know all those things. But, like, less than 24 hours that I write about this, and then there's, like, this giant chunk of rhubarb on the side of the road right where I'm running. It was just a little bit overwhelming. Like, and I'm vulnerable right now. I'm going through a lot. So I see this chunk of rhubarb, and I completely lost it. Like, I was like, my grandparents like anyway it was super emotional and it was amazing and I'm not gonna lie many times since that moment when I'm having a hard time which is many times since that moment I think back and I'm like okay well somebody's looking out for me like I don't know who it is I don't really understand it and maybe it's a coincidence but you know what I'm just gonna soak it up and I feel like somebody is like got they've got my back and it feels good so I'm just gonna go with it so then the post that I wrote after that um, was just like a video of the rhubarb or whatever. So I was like, remember how yesterday I wrote about how my grandparents were sending me comfort and strength through the little gnarly rhubarb in our messy yard? I ran down Old Yale Road today and lying in a huge pile on the side of the main road was this rhubarb. I am not crying. Okay, I am. So I wrote that. And then the next day um, was May 3rd. Sunday. And it was the day that I was supposed to run the Vancouver Marathon. The thing, the thing that I was, that I was training for. I run that, I run that race every year. I don't know. It was like the Vancouver Marathon. It was the first race that I'd ever done. So when I was 19, I decided that I didn't want to play soccer anymore and I wanted to go run a marathon. And so I signed up for the Victoria Marathon in 1998. But as um, kind of like a stepping stone, I signed up for the half marathon in Vancouver in May because the Victoria Marathon is in October. And so it was kind of like the very first big deal race that I'd ever run. So I've been like running that thing for years. That wouldn't have been, yeah, that would have been 1998. So yeah, it's a long time ago. So this year I didn't run it. So I just kind of, um, I felt it though that day like I felt kind of heavy and meaningful so I wrote a little post about it. Today was the day that I was supposed to run a marathon. It was also the day that I was supposed to be happily married with a blended family. But oh look, somebody ate a bat. I did a mini workout today, the same one I did earlier last week and I really love it. Two mile warm up, 
six treadmill tempo miles at gold marathon race pace, and a two-mile cool-down. It's just enough to help my legs remember race pace, but not too much that I overdo it and end up burnt out or injured. Ten miles for today, every day, since this batshit started. Seventy miles for the week, again, and again, and again. Today was the day that I was supposed to run a marathon. It was also the day that I was supposed to be happily married with a blended family. But oh look, somebody gave me all I ever needed. So I didn't want to be, you know, like, just super pessimistic. Because even though I'm going through a hard time, there's still so many things that are that are awesome, you know? Like, there are. I have so many good things. Then the next post that I wrote um, was on, I don't think I wrote this on May 1st. No, I didn't. But um, May 1st would have been my 21st wedding anniversary to Jason. And by the way, I don't know if Jason's wife, Natasha, is going to kill me for this, but she emailed me, like, she is amazing. Jason and Natasha are amazing. She emailed me just like this email the other day and she's like, I'm praying for you. And she just like sent me some personal stuff that was just really encouraging and kind and loving. And I was like, holy, like how many people get this opportunity to have a relationship with the wife of someone you were married to once who actually cares about you enough to email you and tell you that they're praying for you? Like... I don't know. It was kind of mind-blowing and humbling and just, I don't know. I just like, there's so many things going wrong right now, but then there's also so many things going right. And so just felt really good. I still feel like you can hear how stressed out I am in my voice, but you know what? I'm just going to go for it. (sighs) Okay. So I wrote this. I got married for the first time 21 years ago. I love this cheesy pose. So awesome. It's this picture of me, I don't know, I think photography, I'm not, I'm just talking to you guys now, I'm not reading out what I wrote, but like photography 20 years ago was like, like super awkward posing against like tree trunks and stuff like that. (laughs) So anyway, okay, back to my writing. I have a Zoom appointment with my therapist tonight. He's my original therapist. He's like a dad to me. He married Andrew and I in 2015. It's going to be a heavy hour. I've been seeing him since 2008, so he's been by my brain side through quite a lot of shit. Since this pandemic started, I've had an iMessage hour-long therapy appointment with my new therapist, Bob. I love Bob. He's awesome. But holy shit, did he ever get a high-maintenance client. I've also had a virtual ear, nose, throat specialist appointment for Jesse, a virtual tracheal deformity specialist appointment for Jesse, a virtual speech therapist appointment for Jesse, <laughs> little stinker, a virtual family doctor appointment for me, a virtual lawyer appointment times two, and virtual teacher meetings for all 500 of my children. A few scandalous FaceTimes. Some video chats on Facebook and Instagram, a brutal 5k race around my minivan, and a failed 10k virtual race, and we've got ourselves a partridge in a pear tree. 
And then I asked, what's been virtual so far for you guys? Fill me in. So I think I'm not the only one because a lot of people going through this and having virtual appointments. And it's been kind of cool how we're all getting creative and like you got to work with what you've got. And as much as we don't like like technology and it's a bit of a steep learning curve, like we're, we're, we're going for it and it's kind of cool. Anyway, and then, um, like I was talking about when I was sitting on the, the bed there, there's a picture of Callum and Jesse sleeping with Chris, and as much as they warm my heart, it still sucks just having to crawl into bed with the three of them and getting no sleep, but you know what? It's still pretty good. So I wrote this. I feel super empty right now. I am so tempted to pull an old piece of writing from the archive, slap it up here with a photo of my cat, and call it a day. Each sunrise is smooth in the perfect dress, full lips and sultry bedroom eyes. But by sunset, it's pulling at the seams, burping and falling asleep with the weight of it all. Maybe I should start writing in the mornings. Mornings trick us into thinking we are stronger than we think. Become night, and here we are, stronger than we ever imagined. Sweating through our clothes, fitful, lugging around the pain of our babies each time we flip sides and fluff our dead pillow. Strength is found in the care and love required to suffer these dark nights. I don't know, just something that maybe I want to talk to you guys about, but for me particularly, I keep myself busy all day long, and then when it comes to nighttime, going to bed and just being alone with no distractions, I find that to be the hardest, and if I can get myself to sleep, I'll sleep for a few hours, and then like right around two in the morning, I'll wake up, and I'll be like, like I will literally sweat, sweat through my clothes. Like, sweat to the point where my clothes are wet and I have to get changed. And it kind of reminds me of after I've had my babies. I don't know if you if you guys have had babies and then after your milk comes in and your body is trying to just, like, your hormones are just, like, plummeting and skyrocketing and doing all these crazy roller coaster motions inside of your body. And I just remember sweating like after each baby and like sweating and sweating and then you get changed in the middle of the night because you're cold, like you're sweating through your clothes. And I think like our bodies are amazing that way where we will go through, we, we just, we deal with the stuff that we have to deal with. Like when we have a baby, here's this brand new baby and we have to feed it and keep it alive and it's this huge responsibility and we're like always on like we're always like darting eyes and moving body and like okay like baby needs this baby needs that like feed baby change baby and then when the baby's finally asleep and we're like crashing at the end of the night then all that stress and angst just comes out and yes it might be hormonal and physiological and we're all interconnected and it makes sense but like 
through the night. I think it just all the stress that we carry all day long just comes out and it's so hard because nobody else is awake in the middle of the night. It's just us. It feels like anyways. And so it's extra scary because it's isolating. And so here we are like just stressing out and sweating through our clothes and like, oh my goodness. But then morning comes and you're like, oh, that wasn't so bad. There's so much perspective with the morning and just like blows me away. The comments in that post were really awesome because just kind of underlined that whole, there's new mercies in the morning. You know, you wake up and it's like, okay, the sun comes up and everything goes on and everything's going to be okay. That's kind of cool how that works. Okay, and then... Um, the next post, I just wrote about, um, kids because I've got teenagers and they're amazing. I'm, I feel like super lucky. Katie's been awesome. She comes over and gets Callum and just gives him extra love and care and attention. And he really needs that right now. It's really cool. So she's, she's been taking him for these walks at night and it's so awesome. So I took a video of her coming like from our backyard, from the balcony, you can see the the street, like the main street. So if people are walking by, they can kind of like wave and say hi and you can see them. And so I took a video of her waving and saying hi. And then I put that on Instagram and then I wrote this. My kids give me so much life. But isn't it weird how the very people that suck the caffeine straight out of our veins can push adrenaline right back in? The ones that left our vaginas tattered like wind-broken national flags at half-mast can give us a reason to wake up each morning and fight. God, I love them. They define me. People ask, how are you? And I tell them how my kids are doing. Jake is all heart and mouth. Freddie, my gentle leader. Katie lights it up in all the right ways, whether it's giving life or burning shit down. Callum layers forgiveness against fight, and Jesse stomps his tiny way through this mess with the will of a giant. I have never, ever loved this much. And I don't know, it's just like, just, just feeling like really big love for my kids. And the next day I kind of wrote something a little bit more fun. And it's a true story. This, what I'm going to say right now, it's a true story. Like this for real happened. I had, well, just to give a bit of a background. Um, when we had a full house, when all the kids were here, I couldn't, like I'd always, I'd always be up in the middle of the night. I still am up in the middle of the night with the list with Jesse. And so well, I'd go get like a drink for him or I'd be thirsty and I can't exactly walk into the kitchen just in case the teenagers are up still. I have to be wearing something that's appropriate. So I'd put on pajama pants or just like a house coat or something. But because lately it's just been me and Calum and Jesse, I can just wear like underwear and a t-shirt to bed. And so I put them to bed and it was just me wandering around the house and I was checking all the locks and everything and I was like, this feels amazing. Like, I get to walk around the house, and I felt like, woo, this is fun. Um, and yeah, and I, I, I'll just read what I wrote. I used to wish for skinny legs, or even ones that don't touch all the way down to my ankles. 
But at 42, not because I'm aging, but because I'm loving, rather than covering up things about myself I don't love, I shove onto the stage the things I do. Last night I did my nightly check of all the windows and doors while wearing hardly anything, and while I moved through our home, I felt my thighs move hard against each other, and up until this moment, I would have emotionally backlashed at the friction. But you know what I felt instead? I felt like my body was loving itself, each part as integral to the next. My brains, my legs, my breasts, my heart, working together as one, moving through space like I'm a we, not an I, whole, loving, all the way down to my ankles. I love that post. It was just awesome. And then I just wrote this tonight. <laughs> so true. And then I'll I'll stop talking. You guys are like, oh my goodness, Susie. Okay. My family used to make fun of how I'd always do weird shit with my hair whenever I was stressed out. And they were so right. I do. Well, I did. It feels good to see all these memes about cutting bangs during this pandemic. Because now I know I'm not alone. I'd show up at family gatherings with dude hair or dreadlocks, and people would just be like, okay, Susie's going through some shit. Pass her some spin dip. I don't manipulate my hair anymore, but I haven't healed the underlying problem of needing to control something when my life spins out. For the last two months since this started, I've been running 10 miles a day. No more, no less. 70 miles a week. Can I just tell you that it feels weird? and amazing that I can do this. I'm both hyper aware that it's obsessive and healthy, normal, and not. For some reason, I have this deep down knowing that I will cross those 10 miles off each day. Sometimes it takes me four hours. I did all 210 miles on a barely there treadmill in the garage for the three weeks I was completely alone with the youngest two. But checking those 10 miles off each day pressed a reset button on my barely there psyche so that I could go to bed and wake up the next day to keep going. We can tally up, chop off, not up, and it's okay as long as we say it out loud. Some of us wear it on the outside in hair form, and some of us need to talk it over some spin dip. We are only as sick as our secrets. And that's it. Well, it's only been 20 minutes, so maybe I'll add some more later. The boys will probably be home soon with Andrew. And I don't know. I'm having a good time. This is good. It's Mother's Day on Sunday, so I'm sure that I will have a lot more to add to this to this episode about Mother's Day. I think if anyone knows me at all, they'll know that I have something to say about that. Hey, you guys. I am I'm back. It's Sunday, it's Mother's Day. I'm having a hard time recording right now. I've tried a few times and I don't know. I'm just, I think like Mother's Day is just like supercharged. It's one of those holidays that it's like Valentine's Day except with guilt. (laughs) I don't know. It's like the, so you have pressure pressure of 
okay, well, will my kids remember it's Mother's Day? Are they going to tell me that they love me? It's like, it's so immature because, like, I'm not a mother because I want my kids to love me. I'm a mother because I love them. I don't need it back, but wouldn't it be amazing? (laughs) I don't know. But that's not what I'm, like, that's, like, I actually feel like I'm cheating on motherhood by wanting my kids to affirm my motherhood. Does that make sense? Like, I don't, we are mothers because we love them, not because they love us. Anyway, it's just kind of a conflicted day for me. It always has been. Um, Yeah, so I guess when I thought, okay, well, Andrew's taking the boys for a little bit. I told him that he doesn't have to be gone that long. I just wanted to record a podcast really quickly because I wanted to tie this one up and put it out for Mother's Day. Um, I thought it would be easy. I'd be like, oh, I'm just going to laugh and like read a couple things. But of course, everything is intense and extra feely. <sighs> anyway, here we are. So I'm just going to read a couple of things that I want that I wrote before. Um, a couple days ago, I wrote, if I could sum up motherhood, oh, you guys, like, okay, I'm reading this out and I have, I have like this guttural Amazon woman cry in my throat. Like at any moment, I could just like totally, completely lose it. Like really? So I'm going to, try not to, but that's, I just feel it. Okay. If I could sum up motherhood in one word, it would be guilt because the very essence of being mother is duty driven by a love that exceeds any human ability. And so we spend every waking moment feeling like shit and loving so much it hurts. Usually guilt is a negative energy but all earth rules go right the fuck out the window when it comes to mothering. And so here it is. Here we go. Guilt moves us, keeps us, grows us. Once in a while, it will disable us. But there's enough of us that another mother will come along and scoop us up and keep us honest. We lack. We fill. We don't. We know. And eventually our babies learn how to fly despite us, but not for lack of love. That's for sure. I just wanted to read that out to you guys. Then today, I got a text from Jason. Um, For reference, Jason is my ex-husband. We share Jake, Freddie, and Katie together. Jake's 19, Freddie's turning 18 this month, and Katie's 14. Jason's married to Natasha, and we haven't always got along, but our relationship has been pretty peaceful overall. Like, if I had to summarize it, it's, like, it's not that bad compared to a lot of relationships, a lot of exes, a lot of stories that I hear. So I have a lot to be grateful for, but today... Um, Jason and Natasha took it to the next level. Okay, so most of you who are friends with me are also friends with Jason Van Dyke, my ex, and his wife, Natasha. So I know they're humble and will probably text me in about 45 seconds to tell me to take this out. But until they do, I will say this. 
Okay, oh man. My face just filled with the beginnings of a sob. But I'm a fight it and push through. I'm thankful for the people in and around my life who give me hope, who lift me up, not because I'm their friend, but in spite of the fact I am not. Jason and Natasha care about our kids so much that they'd sacrifice the discomfort of having this obnoxious loudmouth at their home so that our kids could all be together on Mother's Day. I will never, ever forget this day for as long as I live. Never underestimate the power of discomfort. Love isn't love when it feels good. Love is love when it doesn't. So, there you go. (laughs) There's an emotionally charged, heavy moment from Susie for you guys. It was cool. Like, um, I think it's funny because I think Jake, Freddie, and Katie were a little bit more feeling awkward about this whole situation than anyone else. And Callum was a little bit torn. He was like, Mommy, is Daddy coming? Like, is Daddy invited? And so that was a bit heartbreaking. Um, and I'm not saying that Jason and Natasha wouldn't invite Andrew at all. They, they're the type of people that would. But right in the middle of this is, is bad timing. And I think that the heart of the matter was that it was Mother's Day and they just really wanted to honor Mother's Day and like honor Natasha for being the stepmom to my kids, our kids, and to honor me um, knowing that I wouldn't, okay, I'm not going to cry, that I wouldn't be able to have all the kids here together. So man, like that's incredible. I mean, that's like, this is literally what I write about. This is what I want to live for and breathe. I want you guys, I want you guys, like, I know that you guys don't get treated this way. Like, the fact that I have people like this in my life, I do not take this for granted at all. I do not deserve it. I am, I'm just lucky, I'm blessed, whatever it is. Um, so all we can control is ourselves, you know? Like, we can't control our exes and we can't control whatever demons they're battling and all that kind of thing. But if you guys are in a situation like mine, the only thing that you're in control of, really, is how you treat your exes. And, of course, boundaries are so important to protect yourself and protect your kids. And if there's toxic stuff going on I mean by all means it might look mean on the outside but you need to do what you do what you need to do to survive and I understand that I'm not saying like you know just let anything go for the sake of Mother's Day or Father's Day or whatever day it is obviously within boundaries within the limits of healthy boundaries but if you're able to kind of push through that like wall of discomfort and maybe you can't for some reason, challenge the can't. Like whatever's blocking you, whatever's stopping you, if it's not completely toxic, like it's not an addiction or a, an illness or anything like that, like something that, you know, maybe that's within you, like within us, that's kind of stirring up and like maybe some insecurities or anything like that. If you can push through, I promise you the rewards are just mind-blowing. And it's kind of crazy how... It just takes like this tiny little step, like this tiny little forward movement, 
And it's crazy how hard it is to do that tiny little forward movement. Like I've been there many, many, many times. It's so hard to do, but then once you do it, the it's like it seems so minuscule and then all of a sudden your world, your heart, your mind are just like blown up with love. And it feels so good and so healthy and it's like, oh, this is the way to go and it's just so amazing. Anyway, okay, I do have, I know that I've read this out before, but I do want to read it out one more time because, man, it's just such a Mother's Day piece of writing that will always speak to me. Okay, so this is it. I have lilies tattooed on my arm because I love their symbolism that much, so much that I want them so inside of me that they become me. Mary Magdalene was the first person to visit the empty tomb, looking for her savior, but instead she found lilies, life in the place of death. Now don't freak out right now thinking I'm getting all Jesus on your hot little sassy asses. I'm not. I'm here for the hope story. The writing in the roots that pushes me into this mess to make something out of it. To me, the Bible is that parent who helps us pack when we tell them we're running away from home. Look, Susie, turn left at the white picket fence, right at the community mailbox, and be wary of the Doberman on the corner of Main Street. It bites. Mary Magdalene took a few shady side streets but those lilies lined her path and got her to the empty tomb. Mary of Bethany, why wasn't my name Mary, was frowned upon for washing the feet of Jesus with her hair and some expensive Burberry, because like Mary Magdalene, she took the side roads. Today, I was Mary. Whatever side streets I took to get here did what they did. They got me here to a place where lilies grow. Okay, and now I'm gonna go cry myself to sleep. But I hope you guys all have an absolutely incredible Mother's Day. You know, like, my heart, oh, of all the moms, the moms that have lost babies, the women who want to be moms in Kent, the women who've lost their own mothers, the men that have lost their own mothers, Like, the list goes on and on. Today is heavy. It carries a lot of luggage. And not all of it is candy and airplane bottles of alcohol. You know, like, a lot of it is really stinky laundry. And I get that. I've got, like, three quarters of my suitcase is really stinky laundry. (laughs) And please know that's figurative because I wash my clothes. <sighs> Probably to compensate for the fact that my life is really stinky. <laughs> um, but yeah, just know that you are not alone. That this is a heavy day. It's also a bright day. There's been so many messages from people just like telling me stories of like how their ex-husbands are messaging them, telling them how much they appreciate their their motherhood and their kids' lives. Like, there's so many good stories. There's way more good than bad. It just, there just is. Even though the bad just feels so terrible sometimes, it's not be-all, end-all. It's not like this forever. 
Um, do I sound like I'm trying to convince myself? <laughs> no, it's good. I had a really good Mother's Day, and I hope you guys did too. Lots and lots and lots of love. Take it easy.